Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Oh, we're starting early. I love that sound. Let's do this. Absolutely. Hey, welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are radio for the local craft beer movement, broadcasting from our AM, the 920 The Answer studios in Buckhead. And I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. And this week we have Ken Jones and Lee Dixon in the studio with us. We're going to be talking beer history and breweriana. I struggle with that word. I think That's I, I, I think I'm going to say, I'm gonna say beer stuff so, collecting yeah. is what I'm going to say. Beer stuff collecting. There That's the official term. That's it. So. Excellent. Well, yeah, we've got that. Of course, Brian Hewitt is in the house, fresh off of his trip from Las Vegas. So welcome back, Brian. And uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we've uh, had a a good week. We've uh, kind of, you know, kind of went our separate ways. And it was funny. There was at one point in time this week, uh, both you guys live up in the Cobb County, Woodstock, Cherokee County area, Buckhead, North, North OTP. And I live on the east side over in Lawrenceville, Gwinnett County. But there was actually a time where you guys were on the south side, we're and I was the only over. one that was up, up, up right. in your neck of the woods, so it was, it was craziness. We were all over. What were you guys doing down there anyway? We went down to jailhouse. Nice. So I hadn't been down there, so we went down to visit them, had an awesome time, and uh, enjoyed all the beers they had on there. They're 5-0. Mm-hmm. One we cracked for our pregame today, uh, Zuzu's and Wham Whams. Okay. A Berliner with, uh, what were the additions there? It was a pomegranate oh, and cherry. Yeah, delicious beer. Just fantastic. It was. So, and uh, They've got a lot of good stuff on there. Enjoyed their uh, Mexican lager, Federale, that they have. Their 5 yes. IPA. So all kind of had a good time down there. Yeah, speaking of 5 IPA, I talked to Glenn Golden, who's the brewmaster there. And, um, drink this beer, and it's up on Beer Guys Radio if you want to learn more about uh, the 5 IPA that's coming up. A little profiling so. from the 5 right? Styling in the 5 Exactly, yes. exactly. So... So it's good, but uh, but yeah, I got a little bit of a treat uh, actually over the past uh, week or so. My wife went running on running errands, and she asked me to go with her, which usually isn't a treat uh, for anyone who's married. Right. But sure. she was like, "I've got to go such a, go over to Smyrna, you know, Brazelton, or not Smyrna, but uh, go over to the Smyrna area for a couple hours. Where can I drop you off?" And I'm like. Okay, so I was able to hang out at Five Seasons for a couple hours. Haven't been Good there in stuff. a while. Where it all began. Where it all began. Tim, it was our a, very first meeting that's was right, Five that's Seasons right. Prado. And uh, and again, they're cranking out great beers. Of course, I had the Seven Sisters, their their classic um, uh, Munchen, which I can never pronounce correctly, and then a Hopgasm IPA because I was really in the mood for a West Coast IPA, and that uh, absolutely delivered. Um, also, I went to uh, Lincoln Fill Station, uh, and ha- they had a Moody Tongue beer release. Party. They had a four on tap, actually five on tap, but I only got to try uh, four of them. But my favorite really was the steeped Emperor, Emperor's Lemon Saison, which was flavored with Meyer lemon. It was a really nice Saison, had a little bit more full body to it, but that Meyer lemon was just right there on the nose and it was really, really good. So I enjoyed that. And uh, my new favorite pool beer, or one of them, is the Evil Twin Pink Lemonade IPA. Okay. By Evil Twin. I was curious about that. Tasty it stuff? It tastes exactly like a pink lemonade. Okay. Exactly like when they, they absolutely nailed it. And uh, Didn't Mike's already do that? That's true. That's okay. true. There's a little bit of IPA with in there, no but then hops, all of a sudden, right? no hops. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Right. So, so yeah. So we enjoyed that, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So it was good. Sounds like a good yeah. time. Now, Brian, you just came back from a trip to Vegas. You went to the the ICPC IPCPR. There you go. It's a giant cigar and pipe uh, trade show for my other thing, Stogie Review. And that's a that's a tough job. Yeah, yeah. It was it was tough I'm talking, smoking all day, and then drinking. We had bottle shares every night because there's a bunch of beer guys there, so that was kind of neat. Nice. Um, Got to got to drink some really fun stuff while I was there. I tried to drink local when I wasn't at the bottle share, so I had I had some uh, Joseph James Citra Rye Pale Ale, which was probably my favorite local thing there. Uh, 
Some uh, Big Dog Brewing Company, Peace, Love, and Hoppiness, pretty nice. Tanaya Creek Hollow Oats, which I thought was pretty funny. Was name. it out of touch? Out of uh, time. You, it's out okay. of you know, I was trying to figure cue, out. What, cue the music there. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I was trying to figure that out. And also uh, a Polygamy Nitro Porter, which I also drank from Utah? the name. Yeah. It's, okay. I'm <laughs> saying that's yeah. local-ish, <laughs> but I got some whales in it, the bottle shares. I got a little cable car. Which there you go. Delicious Definitely tasted whaley. Whales, yes. bro. And uh, some uh, Paraba Java, Fresh Plenty of the Elder, and some 2008 Lost Abbey Angel share. So I drank, I drank a lot actually. I That's good. Did. Yeah. I you? guess if you if you go to the ICPCR, you smoke a lot of cigars and yes. then you drink a lot of beers afterwards. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to take a tally of how many different ways Aaron says IPCPR. IPCPR. Yeah, you should do that. Got, so we've got we got a few uh, variations. That's already, right. It's, so. That's what I do. I'm creating. You're a not a cigar guy, right? Uh, once in a while. I'm not a huge cigar You're not guy. Going but, to the yeah. trade shows. I'm not going to the trade shows, but I'll you know a little Connecticut once in a while yeah. is happy for me. So it's a Brian, good are any of the cigar guys getting into beer? Any as far as making or collaborating? It seems like something a couple of those guys would do. You know, I mean, we have a, a mutual friend that's homebrews and has collaborated with uh, what was that Six Point? Okay, out of out of oh Dan, yeah, Dan, yeah, yeah. So Dan, yeah. Dan did okay. that. Um, in terms of actual collaborations, not so much, but a lot of them are big time collectors and uh-huh. big time bottle share guys now. So who did someone did a cigar aged in Dragon's Milk barrels? Uh, who was that that did that one? Oh man, you know the cigar, right? I'm thinking about it. It's been a little while. Yeah. yeah. Well, Perdomo had a craft beer series out for a they little do, while, they too. Do. I yeah. think they still yeah. have they still it. Have it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I tried a couple of those pairings, and they worked pretty well. Huh. I'm like, they, they nailed this pretty well as far they, as a They did all right go. with that. But, yeah. you know, they didn't go with anything, like, really intense cigar-wise. Right. So it's kind of stuff. Which is what you want to do for exactly. most beers. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very Excellent. cool. I like that. That was good stuff. Now let's check out our Truck and Tap beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap beer of the week. Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. So, Tim, what are we drinking this week? We've got we got a few. As I mentioned, we had the uh, the jailhouse, Zuzu's, there to start off with. We're moved on to another jailhouse. We've got 5-0. That's tasty. Lee brought a bunch of beers to share with this because, for those that don't know, and most, uh, most beer geekery people know Lee Rips, Liberator, with Hello. him. So, Woo-hoo. what's up, man? So, he's got, uh, how do you pronounce this one, Lee? Dry log. Dry log. We have a dry log crew here. Wild by design. Uh, some Jolly Pumpkin, one of my favorite small schmaltz beers. We got uh, postcard pills, some burial gang of blades, and uh, and we've got other ones. Brian's got some cool. We have plenty of beer for us to survive the show. Absolutely. I think we'll be okay. That's yes. very important. So definitely. Well, that's good. Let's go ahead and check out this week's headlines. What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. Sponsored by Your Pie Perimeter in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center across from Perimeter Mall. So, so many headlines to uh, take on today or this week. Let's uh, figure out what we've got. uh, How about, uh, remember, I don't know if you saw this last week or not, but we had the Alabama Margarita Law. And, of course, they had a law where they wouldn't allow you to sell pictures of margarita at uh, Alabama's restaurants, but you could sell individual classes of it yeah. that totaled the amount of a pitcher of margarita. It was crazy. But they repealed that. That's gone now. So that's yes. good, good stuff. Now, the, the ABC also said, just so people know, they didn't repeal it because of people complaining. Sure. They, it was already in the works, and the article originally saying they were banned was a little premature. Okay. But 
Still, but the law was there either way you look at it. There. Exactly, Whether it was premature. Or not, exactly. So. You know, another one of the stories we've been we've been following over the past a few weeks or so is this whole Brewers Association uh, independent uh, brewing label. It's caused a brouhaha. So to speak, Uh, a lot of the folks from I know that was terrible. (laughs) That was awful. But uh, this is interesting, actually. So citing freedom of expression, Flying Dog out of Delaware, they exit the Brewers Association over this uh, new label that they're that they're uh, promoting right now. Advertising and marketing code from the Brewers Association. Yes, they're seeing as infringing on their freedom of expression. And according to Flying Dog, and again, this is from their press release, is that the BA's new marketing and advertising code is nothing more than a blatant attempt to bully and intimidate craft brewers into self-censorship and only create labels that are acceptable to the management and directors of the BA. Now, this also uh, go, goes in, in favor. So it's talking about maybe what people would call, quote unquote, maybe some sexist or some offensive labels as well. So Flying Dog, I don't think they're necessarily offensive, but they got some of that crazy art, the uh the art from um, Hunter S. Don't Thompson. Don't they have one called Raging, Raging? Bitch? Yes, they do. So, Absolutely. Can we so, say that? We just here? did. So, so right. there you go. But, uh, yeah, they, so they've got some interesting names, and, of course, there's a lot yeah. of them that float out there. So interesting. Did you read the code by chance? I, I, did I didn't you read the code. But, Lee, uh, have you guys seen it, the, the Brewers Association code? Have you taken it? So there, it's fairly strict, I mean, uh, with what they say there. So it's uh, interesting seeing them stand up. Curious to see if any others face repercussions yeah exactly so if we get to it we got more headlines coming up later in the show but now we've got to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be back talking brewer rihanna with lee dixon and ken jones you listen to beer guys radio show beerguysradio.com we'll be back right after this i'm garrett lockhart president and brewmaster at red brick brewing and you're listening to the beer guys radio show the beer guys are back right after this It's Aaron and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock is always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy. They have 12 of them. Bottles, too. Not sure what to drink? All of their beer service are Cicerone certified. And if you got someone who isn't a beer fan, not to worry. Truck and Tap carries wine, mixed drinks, and even handcrafted sodas. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food trucks daily. That way, you're getting a different menu every day. Check it out. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the Beer Guys sent you. Here at the Beer Guys Radio Show, we love to bring you the stories behind the craft beer that you love. And we'd be grateful if you took the time to check out our Patreon site. It's at patreon.com slash beerguys. If you choose to become one of our donors, you'll get some awesome swag, including T-shirts, glasses, and some stickers, too. Thanks again for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are really happy that you have enjoyed the show. And please subscribe, tell a friend, and head to patreon.com slash beerguys. Cheers. Andrew and Lisa with Your Pie Perimeter here. We'd like to invite you to our store for beer. Is there anything better than pizza? Yep. Brick oven pizza that's made fresh and paired with a cold craft beer. That's what you get at Your Pie Perimeter, located in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center by Perimeter Mall. It's the perfect place to relax on the patio with a pint after work or bring the family in. Andrew and Lisa, I'm going to let you finish, but first, you forgot to mention the $3 craft beer specials you have every Thursday. I mean, come on, the pizza is great, but that's an amazing deal. $3 craft beer specials every Thursday. Now, go ahead and finish your commercial. Follow Your Pie Perimeter on Facebook for all of our beer events and specials. That's Your Pie Perimeter, located in Perimeter Place Shopping Center next to Chipotle. 
Hey, it's Aaron, and you're a fan of craft beer, right? And you want to know more about what's going on in the craft beer scene in Georgia? Thanks to the hard work from my co-host, Tim, we are giving you the lowdown on the craft beer scene every week right in your inbox. Go to BeerGuysRadio.com and sign up for This Week in Georgia Beer right at the top. We won't spam you, promise, or sell your name. Just good beer info every week. Plus, you can win great prizes from us. This Week in Georgia Beer, sign up today. BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You want some advice? Well, yeah. Well, here's all you need to know. Classes, nothing before 11. Beer, it's your best friend. You drink a lot of it. Women, you're freshmen, so it's pretty much out of the question. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Check us out at BeerGuysRadio.com. We're broadcasting from the AM 920 The Answer Studios in beautiful Buckhead, Atlanta, Georgia. And this week we're talking Buriana with Lee Dixon and Ken Jones. Guys, thanks again for joining us. Hey. Thanks for having us. Good times, good times. Well, first of all, you know, uh, Lee came prepared, by the way. He uh, cracked open uh, a new new one for us, actually. Can you tell us uh, what we're drinking right now? Uh, yeah, this is from Dry Log Brewing in uh, Pittsburgh, or specifically Millvale, Allison Park. They have two different breweries. Uh, they do a lot of open fermentation, mixed culture, barrel aging, and they have a uh, cool ship at the brewery, so you're drinking Pittsburgh right now. Okay. No. Is no wonder why it's very tar- tart and uh, and uh, full of body. Tart exactly. There. It's, uh, it tastes the like hometown a, stuff. Tastes yeah. like a championship rings from the Steelers, I guess. That's maybe. Right. But that's it. That's <laughs> so right. anyway, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm I'm really excited to talk about this because uh, Tim and I are both kind of history nerds, and uh, you guys are, and I'm a collectibles guy too. My much to my wife's chagrin, but uh, Bruriano, what are we talking about here? What exactly are we talking about? Well, Bruriana is really anything related to beer. It can be beer cans, beer labels, beer signs, bottles, you know, just anything brewery-related. It can even be bottle caps or anything like that. So uh, just whatever you like to collect. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of a collaboration of different collectors, and so there's really no strict guideline about what Bruriana is, just anything related to beer. So, Ken, what got you into Bruriana? What's parked your interest there? Well, uh, I started way back in in the seventies when uh, actually a friend and I a friend and I were looking to make some money, and so we started picking up aluminum cans, trying to recycle aluminum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I noticed some odd brands, and so I saved one of each brand at the end of the day, and and that's what got me started. And then eventually, my father started bringing a few to me, uh, empty of course, because I was I was only sixteen, but. Uh, uh, and then, then gradually, I, I found out that there were thousands of other collectors across the country that that did the same thing, and and we have a an organization and a club that uh, brings us all together, and so uh, so that's how I got hooked. And eventually, I I narrowed my focus down to just Georgia related items, but uh, there are many different ways that you can collect Buriana. Very cool, Lee. How about you? How'd you get started in the hobby? Yeah, similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my stepdad played softball, so we toured around Western New York and all through Ohio. And uh, growing up in the Pittsburgh area, we uh, there was a lot of different cans from regional breweries and a lot of you know softball teams and things that brought beers from other places. So a lot like Ken, I just started picking up the different ones and taking them home. And then people started bringing them to me and. Um, here we are. 
Yeah, and you've got uh, some cool ones that you've brought in, by the way. Some Iron City beer there, one of the classics from uh, from your neck of the woods, from Western Pennsylvania too. So, uh, so very cool. I He's always got a like suitcase that. full. He's, of, I was going to say collectible a suitcase cans there, full of so. cans. I remember when I was a kid, I lo- I had a thing for bottle caps. I started collecting some bottle caps, and um, I wanted some for a collection. And so my uncle went to Europe. And he said that he had the greatest time helping me out because he just brought me a bunch of beer that he drank, the bottle caps that he drank. So he yeah. basically just drank his way through Europe for like two weeks and sent me back some caps. So You both win, right? Exactly. Absolutely. It was a win-win for both of us. So Very so, cool. Yeah. So Georgia. Uh, of course, Georgia here in this, and of course uh, across the southeast. Uh, an interesting brewing history. Um, we had a few breweries here in the south uh, prior to Prohibition, but most didn't survive, correct? Is that, is that how that, it That's out? true. It really... Georgia was more of a Bible Belt type setup, and and there were only a handful of breweries prior to Prohibition. There were, there were a couple in Atlanta. Only one really survived. There was one in Macon. There was one in Augusta. There were a couple in Savannah, and briefly there was one in uh, Columbus, Georgia, and and there was also one briefly in Brunswick, Georgia. But none of them, uh, except for Atlanta, Atlanta was the only brewery that survived Prohibition. Uh, the rest of them could not make it, and eventually closed the doors. It's interesting that uh, now, you know, nowadays you see in the craft beer movement, we're starting to get more breweries that are local in some of those same cities that they died off back in the 20s and 30s. But now they're starting to kind of their their beer and brewing uh, culture is starting to come back. Right. So, Drink yeah. local is is back in. Mm-hmm. And and really, there, were, there was a smaller group of, of German, uh, mostly Germans is, is or who started most and ran most of the breweries back then, and there really weren't many Germans uh, in the Georgia area back then. They were concentrated in the St. Louis, Cincinnati, Milwaukee area uh, of, of the United States. So. And that's why we got the big ones, the the anheuser Bushes, the the Miller Coors, the, 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 the what is it, they had, they had Schlitz, they had uh, Rheingeist, I remember that too. There's just a bunch of those old with German names out there too, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you look like you're going to say something to us, I almost said Carlings and sounded like an idiot because that's not German; it's Canadian. It's Canadian. Yes, there you go. That was Carling's that's an old one, yeah. though. As you know, again, we I live yeah. fairly close to the Canadian border, and I remember Carlings actually. So, well, we had a brewery in Atlanta, Carlings Brewery, so that's why I brought that. up. That's right, because yeah. I think it was in the '70s they they had a, a distribution or, or or facility down here. Actually, would... actually, the Carling Brewery was built from scratch in ni- and it opened in 1958. Okay. It was down at the exit uh, opposite where the Ford plant used to be. Okay. On I seventy five. Now the Porsche facility is where the Ford plant used to be, but mm-hmm. it's on the opposite side of seventy five. The building is still there. It was a Coca Cola syrup building for many years, but uh, Carling quit brewing there in about nineteen seventy two. Okay. So uh, they were there for for quite a while. I used to live in McDonough. I used to drive by that all the time. I know exactly where that yeah. is. So. And just yes. you know, to give you an idea of other breweries in Georgia, um, in nineteen sixty eight, Paps Blue Ribbon opened up a brewery down uh, south of Morn Robbins, and they incorporated the town into Paps, Georgia. And then a uh, few years after that, uh, Miller in the 70s uh, bought the old uh, Air Force Base in Albany, Georgia, and opened what is one of the largest breweries in the world down there. And, of course, uh, we have Anheuser-Busch in Cartersville. It opened up there a while back. So that's, a lot of big breweries. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, that's looking at that, I imagine with uh, collectibles, there's a period there because we've kind of on a curve as far as number of breweries. You know, pre-prohibition, we had thousands. Uh, That's you know, correct. And then, of course, prohibition just knocked most except for, I mean, 
Only just down the strongest to a few survive. Harder, right? Right. And then now we're back in this in this spike it's again. It's come full so. circle. It really yeah. has, and then some. Yeah, and, which is and, great locally. And I saw. I remember seeing in the um, the Atlanta Beer Book uh, that uh, that Ron and Mary wrote that they were talking about the uh, the Atlanta Brewing Company uh, actually was kind of victim of big beer at the time that. Uh, they As were. these big brands started to move out back when when the big beer became big beer or started to become, you know, these these regional ones faced trouble. Right. They didn't have the budgets in that, just like we see. Well, now. well, what happened is uh, those those breweries, the big beers, started uh, pasteurizing their beer, and that enhanced the the shelf life on it. And they were able to use rail cars to ship it all over the country and and compete with local breweries. Many of the local breweries did not pasteurize their beer, uh, as Atlantic did not. And eventually, they got to a point where they would either have to spend a lot of money to update their equipment or get out of it. And mm-hmm. uh, they actually were pretty successful in other industries, cold storage and convenience stores. And so they, they just chose to not continue brewing after 1956. Because they were an ice company for a while as well, correct? Ice Atlanta and cold Bur- storage, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah and, and they started off, uh, well, I mean, I... The brewery uh, originally was here since 1867. Um, the ice part of it really uh, came along after Prohibition, Prohibition when the Atlantic Ice and Coal Company bought the Atlanta Brewery and then uh, started adding additional location around the, around the south. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. Now, I guess you see some of the regional breweries up north that survived a little bit, like you said, Iron City, uh, Narragansett's another one that I'm thinking of, New England and those, but I guess maybe the ones in the south, a little bit more of a geographical stretch for them weren't able to maybe maybe compete with them. So it's a very interesting piece. But now, like like I said, I mean, we've got, we're growing again, and we're getting the craft beer industry back, and uh, more beer for everyone is a good thing. It's a good thing. Definitely, Absolutely. definitely. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break right now. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, beerguysradio.com. We are talking brewery history and breweriana with Lee Dixon and Ken Jones. We'll talk about collecting some uh, breweriana, how to get started, and uh, a cool event that they've got coming up right after the break. We'll be back right after this. Hello, everybody. This is Larry WACHS from the WACHS Modcast, Atlanta's number one smartphone radio show. And I've been drinking beer with the Beer Guys on Beer Guys Radio. And I want to know why I have 11 fingers all of a sudden. The Beer Guys are back right after this. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com. Hey, it is Aaron with the Beer Guys, and we are talking craft beer from the Stout Brothers Smyrna Beer Market. If you are getting together with the crew this weekend, you need to skip the grocery store, head to the Stout Brothers Smyrna Beer Market to pick up growlers, or yes, they've got crowlers too, of the craft beer you love. It is a great place to spend the summertime with craft beer, barbecue fixing, fresh local meats and cheeses, all of that great stuff. They make hanging out with the friends on weekends easy. Make sure to grab some local beers from Creature Comforts, Omaha. Southern Arches, Monday Night, Sweetwater, all of the great Georgia breweries that we have. Of course, it's beer drinking season, but it's also grilling season. And the Stout Brothers Smyrna Beer Market has you covered with all things Big Green Egg. They've got grills of all sizes and all the accessories. Seriously, they've got everything you need for a great barbecue. It is quite simple. If you like craft beer, you have to visit the Stout Brothers Smyrna Beer Market. It's in the Smyrna Market Village. And check out thestoutbrothers.com for the tap list. That's thestoutbrothers.com. And let them know the beer guy sent you. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia. 
Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com. If you're into craft beer, you need to check out Drink This Beer. It's a podcast from the creators of Beer Guide Radio. Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams talk to some of the best and most important brewers across the country and the world. So if you like to drink beer, pull up a chair and crack open the Drink This Beer podcast. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery? but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're CRL Contracting, and we build breweries. We are the most experienced contractors in the state of Georgia when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding current breweries. If you've been to Orpheus, Second Self, or Scofflaw, then you know what kind of work we can do. Just give us a call at 678-546-3382 or visit crlcontracting.com for more information. CRL Contracting. We build breweries. crlcontracting.com. Ahoy there, mateys. Hunting whales? We've got you covered with Tim's Whale of the Week. All right, we got one whale this week. What do one. we got? So yes. I'm disappointed, Aaron. I'm sorry. You always say, R. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I've got vacation used, on the mind. I got used to it. Sorry. I expect it from I just, you. So. Just vacation on the mind. I'm it's sorry. Okay. It's a slight. It's, it's a okay. Slight. Yep. Soon, Aaron. Soon. Okay, there so, you go. You know, we're, we're taping a little earlier this week because one of our hosts is going on vacation. That's He's me. running off. So I've just got one that folks should look out for, and it's uh, releasing today at Arches Brewing. It is uh, James and the Georgia Peach, and that is a Cascade Hopped Pale Ale. With Georgia Peaches added to it. They I said, love the name. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they said when they put that on last year that it uh, kicked in one weekend. So get out there and get it while you can. And that's I'm sure there's others out there, so just go out and get you some beer. But uh, take a look for that at Arches at the Brewery. And by the way, uh, we cracked open a, gr- a growler of, uh, of uh, Jailhouse Coffee IPA that you guys got at the Brewery. Buckshot, is that what it's called? Coffee Mugshot. Mug- coffee Mugshot IPA. That's tasty. Yes. I mean, I, Jailhouse is... That's good stuff right there. This beer is my jam. It kind of reminds me a little bit about some of the, uh, the Bedhead IPAs that came out of Monday night. Mm-hmm. They did a really nice job with this one. That's uh, that's that's tasty. That is also my jam as well. So anyway, yes. Beer cans of Buriana, that's right? That's what we're talking about. Exactly. So, so I had a question that I asked, you, I asked Lee offline, and I, I'm just curious, so I'm going to repeat it here again. Um, the value of cans based on being opened or unopened, and Lee, you had said that not really a lot of difference, right? Um, there is, uh, Europe, most European and Ken can correct me if I'm wrong here, but a lot of European collectors open from the top, just like anyone would open a beer can and pour it in the glass. But most American collectors have always opened, uh, from the bottom with the church key. And the, the simple answer to that is to preserve, you know, the top because things change constantly. You've got different types of openers. Uh, you've got, you know, zip tops different types of tab tops and the tabs change colors and you've got wallet wide mouth and the easy flow piercing and yeah the holes so in there's the something can, unique the on the stuff, top yeah. that you don't want to destroy there's usually something right? that comes yeah. out every year or two that uh, you know preserves the can yeah that's interesting uh, that uh that uh ken you brought a can here that actually has instructions on how to open it because it was so new the the actual church key idea was so new at the time that's right. When cans were first introduced in 1935, uh, 
only fruit cans and soup cans had been used, and so nobody really knew how to open a can with a with a can opener with a can piercer. So, first few years they had actually put instructions on the can so that you didn't know how to do that. Uh, as far as full cans go, when cans were made out of steel, it was okay to leave them full because they were pretty tough, pretty thick. But as aluminum became more popular, and now more recently it's much thinner. It's really not safe to leave a can full. Okay. At, at the very least, you may wake up one day and find that the can has sprung a leak and, and leaked all over the rest of your collectibles. Uh, at worst, uh, if they're overcarbonated or have some active yeast in them, the cans can actually explode, as, as some of our local craft brewers have found out in some of their cannings as they've come yeah. along. At worst, so, you get a grenade, basically. Right, yeah. Right? So yeah. you don't want to so. leave it full because it's under pressure, and, and it's always looking for the weakest point in that little thin aluminum, and it's going to pop it eventually. So you do okay. want to bottom open them. I know many people that, that uh, collected uh, Braves Coca-Cola cans yep. and had them as part of their Braves memorabilia collection. They woke up one morning, and it's all covered in Coke mm, because right. the can exploded. So yeah. if they're full, drink them while they're fresh or empty them while they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, packaging for beer. Uh, way back in the day, started in bottles, went to things like cone top cans and that and bottles and that. Then when the microbrew or craft beer movement came on, bottles was the only way to drink. You know, you didn't drink That's beer true. out of cans. That, it was, that was the, the uh, impression. And and really, uh, as far as cone tops go, uh, I don't, uh, you know, most people wouldn't know this, but cone tops actually came about because most of the breweries had canning lines. Uh, excuse me, uh, most of the breweries had bottling lines, and uh, a flat top can, uh, as the uh, as this other can that we looked at earlier, the instructional can. In order to put a flat top can in, you had to put a whole new canning line in, whereas a cone top actually used a bottle cap just like a bottle, and it, it doesn't screw off, it pops off. And so they could make minor modifications to their b- bottling line and, and bottle can t- cone tops. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. So cool. that's why for the first 15, 20 years, uh, that's that's why there were more cone tops. But gradually uh, they they phased out cone tops because they take up more space and they're harder to stack and, and a couple other reasons. So eventually flat tops went out uh, and, and gradually... And here we are, right? Kicked in, yeah, right? absolutely. And as far as cans go, um, the can is a perfect container as far as protecting a beer from light and and also from from uh, contamination. And also, most of your local recyclers now no longer take glass, so right. Uh, most of the craft breweries are very socially or economic, uh, environmentally conscious about their imprint, and, and so that's why most of them are going back to cans. And it does provide a challenge for the larger 22-ounce size or whatever. But, you know, they have, uh, like, this is the 19.2-ounce can. Right, and, some terrapin there, right? And, Tall of course, boys, we yeah. have uh, Crowlers, the 32-ounce. But but that's really what's happening with cans. So they're uh, easily recyclable and protect the beer from light. And it was very recently that George, that any Georgia brewery started canning their beer again, right? That's, that's uh, right. Red Hair uh, was the first craft brewery here in Georgia to, to do cans, and uh, that was one of their distinctions, and they still are kind of a leader in that area, and they, they can pretty much um, all of their beers. So. Right. And that was, what, four? That was several years, years ago, ago yeah. That's, when they That's right. Yeah. And actually, yeah. the very the very first cans uh, uh, were, were called first edition ever cans, and those are quite collectible. If any of you people okay. out there have one, uh, track mm-hmm. one of us down, we're very probably cool. looking for one. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, if you're now, if you're someone who wants to get into collecting cans or, or collecting something like that, uh, 
How do you start and not really just have your wife kill you because you're doing this? This is what's the best. Well, that's the great thing about our hobby. It's so easy to collect. You can focus on just the area that you're interested in. It might just be Georgia breweries, or it might just be a particular style like IPA or Saison. So you can kind of set your own parameters. And and that was something I had to learn when I was first collecting. I wanted to collect every can from everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a I had a ten foot by ten foot room, you know, that was my bedroom. And, and I could get a 1,000 or so in there. But there are about fifty or 60,000 different U.S. cans alone of different sizes and shapes. And uh, just having the room to store them all would be a huge uh, mammoth warehouse. So I was going to say, yeah, and with 5,000 breweries in the United States alone, you're just never going to catch up. That's impossible. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a hard enough time uh, just catching up with keeping up with Georgia craft breweries out. Now we have, like, I think 28 different craft breweries here in Georgia that are canning or have canned their beers. And and more coming along, so we're here. We're here, and so uh, and we're we, the more the merrier. We love it, but it is a challenge sometimes to keep up. I'm having a storage problem with my can and bottle collection at home now, so it's just taking over. They're all still full, but it's a fairly expensive. We can help collection. you with that, by the so, way. Just yeah. FYI, that's yes, that's always key. So is it cans only with you guys? I, I just noticed this. There are no bottles here. The uh, I'm, I'm guessing well, they're probably harder to store and maintain, but. I do have some bottles, but not as many. I, I, it, I traditionally save on the cans, but there are some people that all they collect is bottles, and there are other people that would rather just have the label not even on the bottle. Um, but, like, I have a few bottles. Like, um, I have a couple of Monday night bottles that were that with the special label, like a tie. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, yeah. That was the Garage the Club. The Garage Club. The bla- yes. That's just the, like, beige with a black tie right. on it, right? So, yes. yeah. so I have some of those type of bottles. and But really, it's just uh, you have to choose really uh, you can only collect so much stuff and have sure. more space so um but we do have other collectors that collect just bottle caps or just labels or just bottles so. yeah that's what i could add is bottle caps coasters you can keep those in a shoebox. i mean you don't have to collect cans so that you're you know you have to keep them in the garage or whatever <laughs> collect Probably. kegs there are things you can stuff. collect oh, that, yeah and that's kind of yeah. you know one of the, some of the things I like to collect as well. Yeah, and plus there's like, you know, there's trays, there's ads, there's just a bunch of different things that oh, you can are. be collecting sure. too. Well, yeah. for, for a while, I started collecting 24-count uh, bottle boxes from all the Georgia craft breweries. You know, the different uh, all the different Sweetwater boxes are so cool looking and all the Monday night boxes. I got to about 30 boxes. My wife said, uh-uh, <laughs> no more boxes. Garage yeah. needs cleaning out, recycle <laughs> all those boxes. That's so, right. yeah, I had to re- re- reevaluate that. That's you know, and like said, there's uh, I know with cap collecting, Lee, I've seen some pretty cool ways to display them. You know, they've got yeah. the the mats where you can just pop them in right. there, you know, and put them around the states and that put uh, a small portion of the collection. But it looks like something that would be easy to contain and display if Absolutely. you want to. Exactly. So. You have a small space. I really used to be really organized, and you just put them on a big piece of cardboard yeah. under your guest bed, mm-hmm. and you can stack them all the way to where the mattress hits. You can keep thousands under there and keep them organized on a piece of cardboard based by the country or whatever. However, you want to separate them out. It's almost but, like yeah, your baseball card collection or something like yeah. that from back in the day. Cool. We're talking uh, Breweriana and collecting a brew and beer history stuff with Lee Dixon and Ken Jones. We're going to take a quick break right now. You listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, BeerGuysRadio.com. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Aaron from the Beer Guys Radio Show, and it is summer, and it is time to talk about barbecue. Yeah, the Nest in downtown Kennesaw is the destination for not only some amazing barbecue, but it's one of the best craft beer spots, OTP or ITP. 
And if you're hungry for some barbecue to go along with that craft beer, you know you need to be at the Nest. Summertime, like I said, it is here. Celebrate the season with friends and family while sipping on a Georgia-made beer on their 2,000-square-foot patio. Try some brews from some of your favorite breweries like Creature Comforts, Jekyll, Omaha, Red Brick, Reformation, Dry County, so much more. Go check it out. They've got awesome barbecue. 59 taps pouring the best craft beer from Georgia and around the world. Coffee and wine, too, for those who like that kind of stuff. What else do you want? It's The Nest in historic downtown Kennesaw on Cherokee Street Northwest. Check out their current beer list and menu at thenestkennesaw.com and let them know the beer guy sent you. Follow the beer guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. Now, back to the beer guys radio show. And welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Come check us out at beerguysradio.com. And we're in the studio this week with Lee Dixon and Ken Jones, and we're talking beer history and yeah. breweriana. Very cool. There's been some really awesome stuff here. No, so it is. It's Ken amazing. just shared some bottles with us, a hand-blown glass beer bottle from 1880s, Ken, did you say? Correct. Yeah, just amazing stuff. I, I'm fascinated by these by these too. old bottles here. Absolutely. So, so last but segment, we got to get some some stuff yeah, taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, we got just a, a little time here left to talk and uh, kind of rushing because we got chatty or I did. But one thing you you wanted to mention: there's a lot of history in Georgia beer, and uh, there's an opportunity there for today's brewers to to kind of remember that. Correct. That's true. Uh, the, the Atlanta Brewing and Ice Company had a number of different brands, and, and I don't know what copyright issues there might be, but this it's possible that they could use some of the same names or same themes, I guess, as they had. We might originally. even have some brewers that could recall their own breweries from, from back in the day there. A so couple of those guys, yeah. Like Dogwood. There you go. See, there. that's so, it. <laughs> yeah. So good deal. Awesome. And uh, the big thing, one thing that got us talking here, you guys have a big show coming up in Atlanta, correct? That's right. We, we have a national club that is, that's called the BCCA, which is a Brewery Collectibles Club of America. We have almost 4,000 members. And then regionally, we have what we call local chapters. And it just basically allows local collectors to get together and buy, sell, trade, swap with each other. So once a year, we have a show here in Atlanta, which is a, a buy, sell, trade show. And it's coming up on July 29th. And there's no admission to the show to come and participate, uh, to buy things or trade them. Uh, if, if you want to come and set up a table, if you have extra things you want to trade, there's a small fee for that. But but otherwise, it's open to the public, and, and we welcome everybody to come and just check it out. This year, it's it's a Greater Good Barbecue up in Tucker. Uh, they have a banquet room in the back, and, and we'll be set up there. And that, that's going to be on, on the 29th of July. From Really, it starts at 9 a.m., and it, and it lasts until about 2, but really, things are pretty much over with by noon. So if you okay. want... If you want to come by, I'd say try to come by before noon. They have great barbecue, and, of course, they have local craft beer on tap as well, so that's good. Awesome. And, well. and going to this show, it's a great way if you've got a man cave or a game room or whatever. Some pretty cool stuff if you're looking for some unique decorations. Right. right? There'll be a lot of cans there, but there'll be everything from signs, bottles, trays, uh, old things, new things. And, or if you have something you want to praise or, or you want to know what it's worth or you're looking for something, this is a great place to do it if it's beer-related. So what's the holy grail of Georgia beer collecting? Is there a holy grail well, of Georgia beer collecting? You know, the the earliest bottles and labels are probably the toughest thing to find. Probably the, one of the holy grails is uh, uh, the, uh, one of the bottles that we have, which is a crock bottle, which is a, a, a clay bottle that has a stencil on it. And this bottle uh, 
This is a 16-ounce example of this bottle. However, there was also a 32-ounce example, and uh, that is uh, one of the, there are only three known as far as that we can tell of that wow. bottle. It's that is so tough. cool, by the way. So that is of the just core, awesome. The 32-ounce yeah. size one. Now, a question that I'm sure I know the answer to, but that looks pristine. Is that a original or is that a recreation? No, that's original. Wow. Uh, that's original. Um, you, if you look closely, you can see it has some uh, craisining in, in, the, in the clay. And I have some that are in worse condition. I started to bring, I've got one that has the top broken off of it, but okay. I thought I'd bring the yeah. whole bottle for the show. Don't but drop it, Brian. There, you you know, don't <laughs> show us that, your juggling skills, Brian. Please don't. Right yes. there. No, please don't. But, you know, and then I'd say the very earliest advertising, uh, I know the Atlanta Brewing and Ice Company, I, I've seen a photograph of the original brewery with the employees in front of it. And it has a couple of uh, curved corner signs that say Atlanta Brewing and Ice and have pictures of their bottles. That would probably be the holy grail of, of Atlanta Bruriana, but right, uh, cool. I don't think it exists in this. I think it only exists in the picture, but uh, something like that. But if, if you have something like that or something you think might be collectible, that shows a great place, place to bring it just to, to show it or document it, even if you don't want to sell it. You know, or if you do want to sell it, somebody you're probably cleaning out it. your yeah your grandfather's you, you, bar exactly. garage or something, and you come across. Get those so, American yeah. pickers guys to come. That's help right. You go there, through there you go. Right? That's it. So. That's it. Now you know, guys, with the way all this stuff. I mean, we're talking 1800s. You know, early 1900s and all this. Anything you you can collect and attach to a time period. I mean, there's a lot of history that can be attached to this. So it's not just beer collecting, but this is this is history we're talking about. Here. Right. We are. Some ways we're in some ways the historians uh, for some of these breweries because they aren't really keeping a record, uh, and and that's actually still the case. Uh, some of the some of the crap breweries here, they're just trying to to be profitable, make make money, and be successful. They don't save any of the things that they can or bottle. They just they, as a matter of fact, uh, that I found that to be the case when they start canning something or bottling something. They use every can or every bottle because sure. they need to sell every product they can mm -hmm, to make sure. to make the bottom line, and so. Uh, they don't save anything of their previous cans, or they don't have an archive or anything. So, you know, we are the historians for that. And it's an interesting, it's not only for the beer history, but for also for the packaging industry, too, because the different samples you have here, like the hand-blown glass or the crock or the, the can that we talked about earlier with the instructions on how to open it, you know, it's it's That's very right. interesting to see how the evolution of packaging and design has come over the years. Right. Well, I, what I have in my hand right now is a corkscrew, a wood-handled corkscrew. Most people would say, well, this isn't a wine show, is it? Well, actually, the bottle cap wasn't patented until 1899, and so any bottled beer prior to, to 1899 or 1900 had to have another kind of closure on it. Now, now there were uh, corks in most of these beers, but uh, there were some that had a, a, a closure similar to what you see on a modern Grolsch bottle. The, the flip top, top, flip top, top those were yeah. those were popular, and there were a couple other varieties of that. But uh, corks or some kind of flip top is what they used up until early 1900s. Of course, the vast majority of beer sold prior to then was was in kegs anyway. So bottles really started becoming popular in the 1890s and on after the turn of the century. Very cool. It's like those things you see in the cartoons, the big XXX, and they have the the you know, right the, the jug, stopper, the, the jug there with the whiskey, Yosemite Sam That's whiskey right. jug That's there. Right. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Well, cool. Just before we wrap it up, uh, guys, is there anything that we missed? Uh, anything else uh, you guys want to mention before we go? Uh, there was one thing I wanted to mention real quick. Um, there's a few places that you can see brewery on around Atlanta. Uh, two of my favorites. Uh, the Wing mm -hmm. in Marietta. Um, J.K. has been collecting bottles for years and years. He's one cool thing in his collection is the new Albion bottles. One of the uh, credited cool. with one of America's first craft breweries. He's got some bottles there. Um, 
And then uh, the other one of the other places I really enjoy is Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have two locations, but the Grant Park location is one of my favorites, and uh, they do a lot of the Atlantic um, brewery on, uh, on the walls right. and a lot of the cans. So I, I put together a, a lot of that out. for Tad. Came out of my basement, actually. Yeah. Cool. So um, nice. It's, it's at both locations, and he has a pretty big can collection at both locations as well. Guys, are there Facebook groups or a website or anything if someone wants to know more about the collectors groups or that? There are. Uh, we have the national site, which is Brewery Collectibles Club of America, but there is also a local site, which is a BCCA Atlantic chapter. So Excellent. Excellent. Okay. okay. All right. Excellent. Well, Good cool. deal, guys. This was extremely informative and fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having I us. I appreciate it. Thanks wow. a lot, guys. Absolutely. Cool. Really quick, let's check out the hot list. Time for the hot list. The beer guys have the scoop on what's going on next week. Brought to you by CRL Contracting. We build breweries. CRLcontracting.com. That's hot. All right, Tim, let's see if we can get all this in. So you what ready? Got going Want me to go? On? Let's I'm go. I'm going to zoom through it here. I got a lot. Sunday. Sunday, fun day at your pie perimeter. Go check it out. Get some good beer deals and pizza. On Tuesday, Hop Alley has a beer dinner featuring farmhouse brews. On Wednesday, as always, team trivia at your pie perimeter. You can meet the Urban Tree Cider Maker at DBA Barbecue. Even Tide's Curiosity Club is going to teach you Needlepoint, and the Porter has pints for pups. So on Thursday, the Brewers Lecture Series at Hop City uh, Midtown featuring Scofflaw, Pint Night at your pie perimeter with a featured pint for only three fourteen, and an Arches Beer Dinner at One Eared Stag. On Saturday, a lot of events, Aaron. We got Dirt Church Jeep event at Second Self, Taste of the Bahamas Seafood Fest at Truck and Tap, Christmas in July over there at good old Lincoln Fill Station, Wild Leap Pitchers and Pint Night at Cerrone's in Cerrone's 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 in Columbus, the Hogwarts Alumni Quest for the House Cup, Nerds up in Woodstock at Reformation, <laughs> and Beyond the Zero concert at Orpheus. I'm in there, too. It's okay. Okay, good. I know. Excellent. Tell us about Alabama. All right, here you go. Rocket City Art Hops at Salting Up Brewery in Huntsville, and that's going to be on Sunday. Also on Sunday, the pop-up dinner series at Old Town Beer Exchange will feature Chef Greg Glass. I'll have sushi class on Monday at Ghost Train Brewing Company in Birmingham. And on Wednesday, we have Blue Pints Steal a Pint Night at Jack Brown's Burger and Beer Joint in Birmingham. And, of course, for a full list of events, check out our calendar at BeerGuysRadio.com. Time for a giveaway to giveaway, Tim. Giveaway to giveaway. Our winner is Gary Hamilton. Woo-hoo. Gary, thank you so much for subscribing to This Week in Georgia Beer. Drop us an email to beerguys at beerguysradio.com, and we will get you a super cool Georgia and Alabama beer swag pack sent out to you. Definitely. Now, come in, now if you want to be like Gary and win some swag packs, all you have to do is head to beerguysradio.com, sign up for This Week in Georgia Beer. You'll get a weekly newsletter with all the happenings in Georgia Beer. You'll also be entered to win our weekly swag pack. And also, I want to let uh, folks know, if you uh, want to vote, please vote for us at Creative Loafing. Uh, they're having their Best of Atlanta, and uh, I think it's the Cityscapes version. The Cityscapes category, Best at Local Podcast. Exactly. You Beer guys, for, radio. You can vote for me as coolest guy too, but that's not gonna. I'm not gonna win. So, Off the anyway. beaten path, tourist destination. <laughs> hey now, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I will be on vacation, but coming up next week, you guys have got beer and wine pairing. Should be fun. Beer, not beer and wine pairing. This is gonna be beer for wine drinkers. There you go. So we're gonna. If you drink wine, you're not a beer person. We're going to have some folks in here that are going to offer suggestions of how to make the switch. Excellent. I'll be drinking Northeast IPAs at the time. There you go. So, BeerGuysRadio.com and on the socials, check us out, and we'll talk to you next week. Don't forget, drink local and cheers.
Thanks for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're on demand via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always online at BeerGuysRadio.com. Aaron and Tim are back next week with more about the amazing world of craft beer. Cheers. And I know it's that time you've all been waiting for. It is time for the Patreon shout-out. This is a shout-out for all of our Patreon members. Thank you so much for donating. And here you go. Shout-out to Joshua Doherty, Edgar Smith, Nick Estes, John Carter, James Walker, Matt Johnson, Justin Crandall, and Brian Shank. Thank you so much, guys, for donating to our Patreon page. And if you want to do the same thing, it is super easy. Just head to patreon.com slash beerguys and appreciate your support. Thanks. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, Your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.